Hey there, fellow travelers of the Junlin Wastes. Mark back here again for the Traveling the Junlin Waste podcast, the TJW podcast for February 16th, 2023. Hoping everybody had a wonderful I love you, I know day uh, a couple days ago. Uh, yesterday was, of course, the day that uh, Bad Batch, the new episode, came out. And I just wanted to share a couple thoughts about uh, that Bad Batch episode. This one is called The Crossing. This was episode 9 of the second season of The Bad Batch. We're now in the uh, second half of The Bad Batch season. Hard to believe that we've already uh, put in one full half season <laughs> of, uh, of the show. And now we're heading into the second half of the show here. Um... So I, was, I think I mentioned last time when I was talking about The Bad Batch that I really enjoyed uh, the last two episodes, especially when we got to see uh, Emperor Palpatine at the end. And you had these uh, two episodes, which really, I mean, you could call it two episodes, but I honestly would say, like, I really wish they had just put it all together into one one-hour episode. I think that would have been a, a really nice way of doing it. But regardless of that... Um, like I was mentioning last week, it gave more of the canonical story behind the Bad Batch and what's going on at this uh, time frame for in the Star Wars universe, in this period after the Clone Wars and uh, just starting up with the Empire, you know, being being in its full full glory, I would say. But this episode, um, it's it's another one of these uh, adventure of the week uh, episodes, although not completely, I would say. Um, this this one definitely has a story behind it, and uh, they left us with a uh, you know mini cliffhanger for uh, to say that the story is going to continue. I think in the next episode. Uh, but let's go over some of the high points of this episode here, called the crossing. Um, the show opens up with another beautiful opening shot of, the, of their of their shuttle, the Marauder, coming into the planet there. Um, I'm wondering if this is just how they they like doing things there at uh, with with Filoni's crew, animation crew, to say we're gonna start off each episode with some breathtaking, you know, you know, uh, landscape scene that looks like it came out of a out of a out of somebody's painting, but uh, beautiful opening shot of of the shuttle landing there on the planet. Um, the music, which I imagine is also by Kevin Kiner, um, it had these interesting, like it had like an interesting guitar uh, piece going on as they as they were landing. Almost gave me a feel of like the uh, the old west, which I guess you could see that with all the big rocks and the sand and, and and what you're seeing. Maybe it's a little bit of Tatooine. Maybe it's harboring back to some of these old old west feel, old old western feeling movies that you sometimes see. Um, we do see as they come out of the Marauder that you know we're we're now down to just. There's only three original members of the Bad Batch here on the crew. So uh, on the crew at this time, um, you got Hunter, Tech, and Wrecker, and of course Omega, who is who is with them. Um, Sid has sent them on this mission to look for, because she said she bought a mine that contains Ipsium. We're told that Ipsium is a very volatile substance, but uh, for whatever reason she needs it, and I guess she's going to sell it to somebody. Um, it almost remind me a little bit of back in uh, the solo movie, uh, how they were all, how how the whole story was was based around the idea of getting that coaxium. I'm wondering if coaxium is like ipsium. Do they have? Do they share the same properties? Are they the same substance? Or for whatever reason, they're being called something else. Um, they're both very highly explosive. We do know that, but it's also very very uh, you know it's 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 a uh, what should I say? It's a very valuable commodity to have, and I'm taking from this. 
Um, I like, you know, some things I notice as well too. Um, we see this a lot all the time, but I really like how Hunter is able to, um, in a sense, see and hear and be able to see what is happening in his environment around him just by leaning down and feeling the sands or being able to turn his head back and forth, seeing, feeling the wind and to see what it was like. Um, it's almost like, uh, you know, some of these like, uh, you know, um, I don't know what to call it. What should I call it? Those who are really attuned to nature and who can who can sense what is going on around them, basically using uh, the sense of the force in a sense to to uh, understand their surroundings a little bit better. Hunter does that a lot, as he, uh, like I said, you always see him like going down on the ground, feeling the sand, feeling the dirt, um, getting a sense of what his surroundings are like, hearing the wind, maybe getting a sense of what the weather is like, and he knows that some changes are are, are on the horizon for 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 them. Um, one thing I noticed, maybe I've missed this before, but I really like that uh, his neck collar cloth that goes right under his, uh, or I would say right under his helmet, but over his uh, upper chest armor. Um, it's got a really cool look to it, and I think that's uh, that that's really nifty. Um, Tech he tells that uh, he tells uh, that, you know Tech and Hunter have to ha need Omega to help them out. Hunter is then. Um, tells Wrecker and Omega that there are poachers. They were told that poachers are in the area and to keep a lookout for what's going on there. Um, so we, because he said that, of course there's going to be a poacher. We see through the uh, macro binoculars of the poacher, um, we see this this individual scouting out the Marauder, looking at the uh, you know the, uh, the the ship and trying to to figure out what's going on with that. Um, Tech and Hunter need uh, Omega and Wrecker to watch for the poachers while they go into the mine to try to extract this Ipsium. So while they're there, they notice that the Ipsium is out of reach in like the stone wall of, the, of this cave or in this mine, and they need uh, Omega to come in and give them a hand to be able to jump up uh, either you know, on, on one of the shafts there to, to go and help extract the Ipsium, which leaves Wrecker alone to, to watch the ship. Uh, we notice that this uh, individual, this poacher, does end up being able to snatch the Marauder right under the nose of, uh, of Wrecker. Um, we're getting, a at least I get the feel that this is a, a another kid. Um, the person looks a little bit small in stature at the same time. Um, has like that, I mean, j just the way that they're, they're, they're dressed and the way that they're, they're moving on the screen there. I got a feeling it's probably a kid. Almost remind me a little bit of... Um, a little bit of uh, Enfys Nest, you know, somebody who's totally covered and hiding their face under a mask to, uh, to, to, to go be able to, you know, basically do a heist on, on the Marauder. Um, as they're in there, in the, in the, they, they are able to extract it. They come out, they find that the ship is gone. So then Hunter says, we got to get going on foot to be able to see if there is a town somewhere where we can, you know, call for some help. So, during this as well too, uh, we are all told that Omega she she misses Echo, and uh, you know I think she's 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 starting to feel that they are more than just a squad. 
that this is starting to become her family and she's starting to see members of her family starting to to leave you saw crosshair earlier on last season you also see uh at the same time you see now no echo is is has now left the family or this left the squad and um she's she's feeling lost at this time she she misses these 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 people who have become her family in a sense so as they're standing out on foot to try to find a town to get some help, um, a stampede ensues of all these. They look like gazelles, but they, they, it reminded me a little bit of the five years in the uh, the Last Jedi. This this you know the, these these large animals stomping through the the, the canyon there. So uh, we find out that they're trying to run away from a storm, which they finally see a storm is coming. As the storm begins to you know catch up to them they need a place to hide out so they find another cave where they can go in but unfortunately the ipsium explodes and uh traps them inside this mine as hunter is trying to figure out a way to get out of the mine um we find out that uh, tech and omega start to get into a little bit of a tiff and like i said she he, he says you know even if the marauder is gone we'll find another ship we'll just get another ship and Omega is really against that. She's she thinks of the Marauder as her home, and she thinks the the Bad Batch is her family. And Tech just sees them at this time as a squad of clones. And they have a job to do. This upsets Omega, who like any typical kid when they get sometimes they get upset, they stomp off. They stomp off. They need to be alone. They don't want to be bothered by anybody. So. Um, Hunter sees this, and Hunter is, out of all of them, is be really becoming, as in a sense, her big brother. I mean, some people have I've heard talking to, saying like, you know, yeah, she, he's becoming a father figure to Omega. That's possible, but I see it more as this big brother figure who's trying to 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 help his little sister out, and he really, I think, is starting to to care for her quite a bit. So Hunter, you know, after a while, he tells Tech, you know, go and make up with, with, with her, you know, make things right between them and, 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 and go find her. So he goes off and find, and, 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 and finds her, uh, notices that she has found this huge opening in the, in this, uh, part of the cave that has all this ipsium all over the place. So she starts extracting some of this stuff out. Uh, but as she's extracting it out, she falls down in into this big chasm and Tech goes after her. They both fall into this big body of water. It's almost like an underground river that throws them out into this waterfall and they end up um, you know, hitting some sort of land. And they, they notice that there is actually an opening that could be blown away um, from this cave to get out of the, to get out of this underground maze that they're in. As they're sitting there and they're talking, Omega just has it out with Tech and says, you know, that she she can't understand why he doesn't feel any sort of feelings towards towards the family, towards this family that they've made. And Tech basically says, you know, he's just not that type of a person who thinks about it in that way. Um, he knows it, but he processes it in a different in a different manner than Omega does. Um, it also it reminded me the way Tech was talking. Um, for those of you who are uh, fans of the Big Bang Theory, almost reminded me a little bit of Sheldon when you see how Sheldon sometimes <laughs> interacts with his friends, or uh, or even his uh, his 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 girlfriend wife in the show. Um, you wonder, does he have a heart? Does he really believe what he's saying? Is he really that cerebral that he can't see past that? Uh, it seems that's what Tech has a little bit of going on. 
And um, he, I think he does feel bad at the end that he made Omega feel this way. Uh, they find out the rest of the Bad Batch, Hunter and Wrecker, are able to follow them. They go down the big waterfall, you know, through well, the river, through the waterfall. They collect the, uh, they, they bring all their gear and the coax, and, and the coaxium, and the ipsium. They, they, they blow a hole through, through the wall there, and they're back on their feet outside, and they end up finding some abandoned town, in a sense, or some abandoned base that looks like that's on this planet. They contact Sid, and Sid says, says you know, after arguing with them, fine, give me a couple days, I'll find a way to get you out of there. But they're like, we need help now. And where we're last left with is the Bad Batch. They're in this abandoned center of, of a town with no help. So um, they're going to have to trust that Sid will get to them at some time. Which leads me to thinking that the next couple episodes are going to find us uh, with the Bad Batch trying f or trying to find a way to survive. Maybe they're going to be having an encounter again with this, uh, you know, this uh, poacher who took their who took their ship. And we'll find out a little bit more about what how this whole story connects in with the Bad Batch story into itself. Um, it was an okay episode. Um, like I said, it felt like another adventure of the week. Uh, I guess it's good that it's it, it, the reason why I said at the beginning it's I, it's not a complete just one adventure of the week is because they're leaving us with a little bit of a cliffhanger here. The Bad Batch is left on this planet. They don't have a ship. Um, they were only able to contact Sid through through you know just for a few moments, and I don't think they're going to be able to contact her again. But we'll see what happens uh, next week on the show. Like I said, it was an okay episode. Um, I'm interested in seeing, obviously, what happens to the Bad Batch as they continue on this on this adventure. But um, I am hoping that we're going to get a couple more episodes like uh, the two previous ones that we had last week, uh, which really opened up the story quite a bit. So that, those are some of my thoughts on the Bad Batch. Also, just wanted to mention as well, too, gosh, don't forget, man, The Mandalorian is just around the corner. You know, we're halfway through February right now. In the beginning of March, we're going to be getting The Mandalorian. Um, really excited to see the, this, this, uh, this show come back. Um, that is going to be a lot of fun to be able to sit down and uh, see where, this, where that show is going to be taking us. And you will also notice, not just at Star Wars Celebration, this April, but so many of that cast is going around and starting to go around. You know, convention season is is heating up again. Um, I was noticing for MegaCon in Orlando towards the end of March, um, you're, you are getting some of these uh, these uh, Mandalorian actors who are who are starting to 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 come out and and to sign autographs and take photo ops. Um, so keep a lookout for, uh, you know, if you can't make it to Star Wars Celebration, then keep a lookout for a convention uh, near, uh, near a city near you. So uh, you'll be able to, uh, you know, have a chance to, uh, you know, if you want to meet them, shake their hand, get a photo op, get an autograph. Um, looks like a lot of fun. Looks like they're, they're, this is going to be a fun convention season. I'm hoping, you know, usually around here in, in, in these parts here. Um, it's late August that uh, we get Fan Expo Boston, and uh, later in the year, later, later, I mean like towards November, is Rhode Island Comic Con and Super Mega Fest that I usually like to go to. But I'm hoping, I am hoping that at uh, one of these three conventions that we're going to get to see um, some of these, uh, some of the stars from these shows uh, show up at conventions near here. I will say as well too, if you will notice, um, for the autograph fees that are at the uh, at these more smaller convention and not smaller conventions conventions which are within um i would say the united states <laughs> you know the one in the one in 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 uh 
Star Star Wars Celebration Europe is is definitely a, a, a pretty penny. You're going to be paying there for for photo ops and uh, autographs. But if you wait it out and uh, you 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 decide to go to a convention closer to a city near you, then uh, you might be able to save a little bit money in that way as well. Not too much, I would imagine, but at least a little bit. Um, but anywho, yeah, so keep a watch out for that. Um, I will definitely keep a watch out and mention if there are any Star Wars uh, you know, actors, actresses, members of the community who are going to be ten- attending any of these conventions uh, within the Boston area, because I'll probably try to go to at least one convention this year. Sometimes I try to go to two, but uh, we'll see who's showing up at uh, Fan Expo Boston uh, this August. One other thing I did want to mention as well, too. Um, I think I mentioned on a previous podcast how I had some pre-orders in for the uh, Star Wars Black Series 6-inch figures uh, for Mara Jade, Basila Shan, and Darth Malak. So, uh, I got an email recently saying that uh, the Basila Shan and Darth Malak uh, action, uh, action figures in the 6-inch uh, uh, for, for Black, Black Series 6-inch will not be coming out until September. So I gotta wait a couple uh, couple more months on that. Um, it's still, at least I, from what I know right now, the Mara Jade uh, six inch figure is gonna be still coming out in April. In addition to that, uh, with the news and the trailer that fell, that fell with the trailer that dropped on for uh, the new Indiana Jones movie during the Super Bowl, we have a lot of uh, you know Indiana Jones uh, action figure swag that you can also uh, get in on as well too. They have similar to the Black Series uh, six-inch figures. Uh, there are going to be there are five uh, figures in what's called the Indiana Jones Adventure Series. Each one of these figures comes with a piece of the Ark of the Covenant. So if you collect all five figures, you put together the Ark of the Covenant. Um, they are retailing uh, from Hasbro Plus and from other retailers around $25, $26 per figure. Uh, and it looks like it, they're going to be coming out sometime in April this year. So um, the figures that are going to be out for uh, this Indiana Jones 6-inch line is, is uh, you know, Professor Jones himself, Indiana Jones. Uh, Major Arnold Tote, Marion Ravenwood, Sala, and Rene Belloc in his uh, priestly gear, or I should say priestly outfit, that, uh, that as he appears at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, I'm probably going to think about putting in a pre-order for Indy and Marion. Uh, you know, if, I, I don't have so much room on my shelves uh, much because I, I, I fill it up with all my Star Wars gear. But uh, I feel I, I, I really don't want to miss out. I mean, if you want me, if you were to ask me, like, what are my, what, what's my favorite uh, Indiana Jones movie? I have to say Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, that's just the classic of all time. But uh, and with that, I'm also gonna. Wa- I, I think I'm going to want to get the uh, the Indiana Jones figure and the Marion Ravenwood. Like I mentioned before on a previous uh, podcast a long time ago when I interviewed uh, Karen Allen actually at Rhode Island Comic Con. Uh, very briefly, um, in some senses, I thought that uh, you know, uh, in, in some ways, that the uh, relationship of Indiana Jones and Marion Ravenwood, uh, in some ways, is a little bit even more close and even more intimate than the one between uh, Han Solo and Princess Leia. But that's always that's just you know, 
a person's you know opinion, and that can be up for debate. But regardless of that, uh, she was great. Karen Al was great to interview on the uh, the Traveling Adrenaline Waste podcast, uh, and she is. Uh, if you want to know, she is a great autograph signer through the mail. So if you have something that you wanted to sign, um, you know, look her up on, on on all your autograph sites that you go to because. Um, it, Bunch, a couple of years ago, I, I, I sent away a photo or two, or two and uh, I was so happy to get it back uh, signed by her. But uh, for these six-inch figures, I think I am going to put the pre-order in for Indiana Jones and Marion Ravenwood. Maybe later on in the year, I will collect the other three figures just so that I complete, can complete that Ark of the Covenant uh, piece. And uh, maybe I can find some extra room somewhere where I can display this. But uh, that's all for now here on the Traveling the Jungle Waste podcast. If you want to send me a message, go to the Facebook page. Go to the Traveling the Jungle Waste podcast Facebook page. Send me a message and let me know any of your thoughts about uh, this episode, The Crossing. Uh, do you have any thoughts about Mandalorian? And uh, are you also going to be crossing over into the Indiana Jones, you know, uh, figures and, and, and getting any of those? Love to hear from you, but that is all for now. Have a wonderful day all, and I will talk to you again. Have a good one.